Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan and Rockefeller Center at Newsstand Studios, joined as usual with John. How you doing, John? Doing great, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Can't complain. Great. Yeah. Got Joe Hazen rocking the panels. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Great to see you. Good to see you as well. In California, we have uh, our uh, West Coast engineering team there with Jackie Molecules and Stasia Lopez. How you doing? And I'm remiss good, to say, good. I'm not going to have this That's be the first time in 12 years that I don't call her the hammer. What I meant to say was Nastasia the hammer, Lopez. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Apologize. And we have Jack's girlfriend, Eliza, here, and it's his birthday. Well, happy birthday, Jack, and hello, Eliza, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm going uh, yep, to talk, since, you're, since this is your birthday. first time on the show, I'm going to come back to you, but I just have to say we also have our, our North, North, West, West contingent Quinn on the line as well. Hey, Quinn. Hey, how's it going? And it's six, six months anniversary, so a lot to celebrate of being on the show. So, yeah. Eliza, I always like to pester people when they come on for the first time, which is why we have so many people that only come on once. <laughs> so, my, like, what kind of foods do you like? Oh, God. Okay. Um... <laughs> I mean, everything. But soup. I, she makes a lot of soup. I make a lot of soup. You make a lot <laughs> so of soup? that's what I cook for myself. All right. So, like, mm-hmm. are you, like, yeah. uh, are you soup? Are you, like, style agnostic? Do you, like, basically anything liquefied you're good with? Or do you have particular styles of soups that you like? Are you, a, you're like, I don't really like no, a chunk I, of soup? No, I never do a pureed soup. Oh. No, never oh. pureed. Oh. I'll always do, I mean, my favorite is kind of like an egg tomato Chinese-style soup. I see. That I do. I see. So why uh, and why no uh, why no pureed soup? Like, do you if someone serves you a pureed soup, are you like, like oh texture. no thanks? You like texture, but like, can if someone serves you? Pretty? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me. So let's say I make you a squash or a pumpkin soup. It's going to be pureed, right? Mm-hmm. On top of that, I'm going to put diced onions and other things that have some texture to them. Does that rescue the soup in your room? And some sour cream. Duh, come on. Some sour cream or creme. John's like, look at me. No, it's supposed to be creme fraiche. supposed to be creme fraiche. No. So does that rescue the soup in your mind or no? No. No, I'll eat it. I'll be polite, but. Wow. Not, not wow. rescuing it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. What a, so, and like, uh, John, what are some other uh, nice, uh, smooth soups that we can uh, test this? For, what, what are your thoughts on mashed potatoes, which is basically a thick, smooth soup? <laughs> Caught her. She has to think about it. Yeah. You have to think about yeah. whether you like Wait, mashed what? potatoes what or not. I said, what's your thoughts on mashed potatoes, which is fundamentally a very thick, smooth soup? Oh, mm, well... Mashed potatoes have to have some, like, intact potato and some smooth potato. Oh, my God. So you only like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying this in a non-pejorative way, I hope. Nastasi loves it when I say that. You like a poorly made mashed potato, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm hearing from Hell you. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Is it because if it's too yeah, smooth? I don't support any of this. Yeah, that's fine, man. It's like you know, like love. Uh, you know, love can cross taste boundaries. Like my, you know, my my wife won't let me eat raw onions, and they're like my favorite thing on earth. She won't let me have them in the house. I can't have them on the table. You know what I mean? Because the even the rough. odor is that's so. Rough, yeah, I know. Think about my chili life. Think about my chili life with no raw. Oh. My chili life is so much lower than my chili life could be. It's to the point where whenever she's away on business, I only eat things that have scads of raw onion on them, like bagels with cream cheese, <laughs> onion, tomato, and lox, like chili with onions on top, like a burger with like a whole bunch of raw onions. And Stasi also hates raw onions on things. Not, yeah, not, not because you mean nightmares. Yeah, you don't hate them. You, they just, you don't eat them because of their effect on you, right? That's it's not that you hate them. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, right. Okay, okay. So, is it that you don't like smooth mashed potatoes because you grew up traumatized by boxed flake potatoes? Now I'm also getting it maybe your family or something. Uh, I don't know. No, I mean, okay. Well, now you're you're putting me in a corner because when I go backpacking, I always get bagged instant mashed potatoes, and that's like my gourmet meal it when is? I'm backpacking. So now, yeah. Yeah, so well, now I have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Well, were you on this backpacking trip with Jack where you tried a whole bunch of freeze-dried meals and the verdict was they all stank? 
No, no, no. That was that was. Uh, they do all stink, which is why I go to the instant mashed potatoes. Yeah, because yeah. because of all the things you can carry that are completely dehydrated. Like that's that's the one that you're like, Mokar. But how do you like? Do they come with flavor in them? Are they already flavored with like fake butter and all that other stuff, or no? Yeah. Okay. Oh yes. Do you like it's throw like dried mushrooms concoction. in? Do you like do you porcinify them? Oh, that's like uh, I should. My secret camping trip is to always carry dried porcinis with me, or dried shiitakes because they weigh. That's a genius idea. They weigh nothing, right? And then you can like bulk them into rice. You can bulk them into like a small amount of uh, parmigiano doesn't need to be refrigerated. It's heavy, but it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Adds a lot of uh, you know flavor. Dried mushrooms and like you know some form of some form of dehydrated starch, like a rice or a potato or something like that. And then you know that's real, you know and you know, here's where I like to cut corners, bouillon cubes, right? So if you have bouillon cubes, mm-hmm. dried mushrooms, and in some forms of dehydrated starch, you can get along pretty well out there in the woods, quote-unquote gourmet style, right? I mean, powdered eggs kind of suck. Right? Although I hear that the freeze-dried, I hear they're not as bad as I think they are. Jack, and what do you guys I've think? I've never had them. No, I've never had them. You're the powdered never, eggs? No, I haven't had them. you never had the, like, the de- like those freeze-dried like, egg sk- skillets that they, for camping that they make? I've never had one. I own them in case the whole world drops. I've seen them, but I haven't had them, no. I have a, you know, so I'm not, I guess I am a prepper. I have a month's worth of food <laughs> in my house for the four of us in case all the S hits the F. Definitely a prepper, yeah. Yeah. You have a month's worth of food. I have, like, you know, I have a bunch of jerry cans in the bottom of my closet full of water. Although, you know, like... I've had water go out regularly, just yeah. with regular natural disasters. You know, we we lost water in Sandy for like a week. Yeah. You know? So it's like, uh, whatever. You know? Anyway. Uh, all right. So what do you think, Nastasi? Have I missed any questions that I normally ask when people first come? What do you like? Wait, so we already asked. You like to cook soups. Well, you like they, them chunky. They went, to the Star, they, went to the Star, they went to the Star Wars bar. So yeah. Uh, about that. For, oh, yeah. So I know Nastasia's favorite... Uh, like thing is the Disney Star Wars bar over there. You loved it, right? When you went uh, that that years ago, when it right when it opened, you flew out the day ahead. I flew yeah, in angry super, the next day. Yeah, yes, it was super cool. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jack? How was how was uh? Yeah, we we went yesterday. We had a we had a whole Disneyland day yesterday, um, which was very nice. And then yeah, we did go to the Star Wars bar, which was incredible. Like the design, the the, the art, everything. The frustrating thing is when the server comes over and you're like, yeah, I'll have the lager and a pretzel. They're like, what is this pretzel word you speak of? Oh, and I'm like, oh, right. I have to look at the menu and see what you've called it that wasn't a pretzel. And what do they uh, call it? <laughs> oh, is it like... Uh, five blossom bread. Yeah, five blossom bread. Yeah, what the hell exactly. does that mean? What does that even mean? I know. No, 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 no. It's no. not even a reference to anything. Yeah, yeah, what's the theory? What are the five blossoms in the bread? Like, theoretically, like what the, are they talking the about? The five circles. The five what? The five circles of a pretzel. The pretzel has five circles. One, two, three. Has three circles. Unless you've no, really made it the badly. three small ones on the bottom. Three small ones on the bottom? Doesn't it have three small ones on the bottom? Pretzel's got three holes all day long. All day, three holes. Unless you have, unless you have done something you wrong. Talking about. <laughs> like, like the nubs, little knobs. Yeah, and, and by the way, Joe said I should try yeah. the Schneiders gluten free, but do they only have tiny ones? That I wasn't able to find like a, a large size Schneiders gluten free pretzel. So you know, if someone tells me to try something, I try it. I'm not one of those people who doesn't. You know what I mean? But I got to find the exact one, Joe, that, that you like. Yeah, I don't know where this five five blossoms is coming from. I really don't. Can you yeah. imagine being the server no, and be like, oh, and, I don't and, know what you know, you're talking do about. Oh, like yeah. you, 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 like, show them your ID, of course, and, like, you know, mine's California, Eliza's yeah. from D.C., and then they, like, bring somebody else over. They're like, what's this foreign planet? We oh, are not recognizing God. this. God. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> they must die a little inside every time they do that. That just sounds terrible. Right, there's been research, though. There's no. been research that being forced to act nice to people on jobs actually is, I don't know. I mean, I've had to do it at the bar, right? It, it actually doesn't crush your soul as much as you think. It makes you feel like you end up feeling But that's okay. not being nice. You're pretending you're on a different planet and that you don't understand what the word pretzel is. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like getting a job at a reenactment place. Yeah, equally bad. I, I mean, like, I get not so frustrated talking to reenactors. What? 
I got them to break character, I think, for a second, because on the way out, I point, I was like, oh, is that the exit? And I don't think it was. It was probably the employee exit. And the guy just deadpan goes, no, there's nothing but sadness and disappointment behind that door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he got fired immediately. Yeah. But the, uh, I remember, I've only ever, <laughs> at, uh, at Disney World, I only ever saw someone drop the mask once, and it was it really kind of depressed me a little bit because we were, you know, in Disney World, they have that monorail that goes around to, like, like the hotels and all that. Oh, yeah. And because Booker likes trains back when I used to be able to get him to leave New York City, which I can't anymore. Uh, he's like, I'll go, but we got to stay in the hotel with the monorail. I'm like, fine. So we get on the, on the monorail. And everyone looks happy and all the work, you know, work people look happy and like, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as the train pulls away, I look over. They think no one's looking. And all of a sudden, the face just goes, boom. And, like, all the happy Disney drains out of their face and, like, their real human self is there. And I was like, oh. oh. Crushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crushing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you guys familiar with the concept of the hidden Mickey? No. No? So no. If, if you go to a Disney uh, operation, this is why I'm sure they love Five B- Blossom Bread at there, is that they'll do anything that looks like the two Mickey ears. And they'll arrange it and they'll send it to you uh, in a way that it looks like two Mickey mm-hmm. ears. So if you order a gla- a bottle of wine, they'll put down the bottle of wine and then the two glasses next to it as though it's freaking Mickey ears. And they have all of these things called hidden Mickeys. What? Yeah, hidden Mickeys. Hidden Mickeys. At least at Disney World. And like I got in a conversation with a, a server once, this is years ago, but she was like, you got to keep an eye out for these hidden Mickeys. Whatever, with whatever an Orlando accent is, which I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, because she's you know, from Orlando. I mean, who the hell knows what Orlando people sound like? You know? Kissimmee. Kiss, kiss, Kissimmee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How much does a drink cost at the, or did you have the wristband so you don't even know how much it costs? It just comes out of your, out of your veins. No, no, no. We were paying old school, mm-hmm. but uh, what was it, like $14 a beer maybe? Wait, wait, you went to the Star Wars bar and had beer? What do they call that? It was like, uh, wow, what was it? Something squadron. Squadron something or another, yeah. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't have some cocktail. You know, I mean. Oh, come on, man. It looks bad. I didn't want sugar water and, like, bad rum, you know? Wow. Wow. Okay. Sorry. All right. Now you're, just, you're taking me down. Yeah, one of the cocktails had like this bad foam. They didn't look good, man. I don't think the cocktails would have been good. I'll have to go back and have the cocktails now. I'm sorry. You don't have to, man. <laughs> you don't have to. You can do whatever you like. That's the, the benefit of being alive, man. Uh, but $14 yeah, beer. Here's the first cocktail. Here you go, Dave. This okay. is what we missed out on. Right. Bacardi Dragonberry Rum. Bowls Blue Curacao. Well, hold on a second. What's a Dragonberry? Orange. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's a Dragonberry? Bacardi Dragonberry Rum. Yeah, I don't but what's know. a Dragonberry? What dragonberry? Great question. Because I don't think that exists. Great question. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Uh, There's dragon fruit, but there aren't any real dragons. So no one's naming a berry, as far as I know, after an animal. I don't know. Like, dragon oh. fruits look like dragons. That's why they call them that. Fresh bursts of strawberry meet the more subtle sweetness of dragon fruit in this unique dragon fruit. So it's dragon fruit and strawberry. Yeah. And they took out the fruit and the straw and they made it into dragon berry. (laughs) Wait, what what do they call the flavor of dragon fruit? Non existent? Subtle sweetness. Uh, uh, Does it. Do you know what everyone always says about dragon fruit or pitaya or any of those things? They're like, that's going to give you the poops. I've never gotten the poops from that. You ever gotten the poops from that? No. It's one of those keep your motor mm-hmm. running fruits. Like you eat it in the morning or up, 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 you know, like along with the coffee and it just gets you going. Or like the Hathorn water if you go to uh, Saratoga. It's just like, you know, yeah. like drinking a Faso soda. But I've never had that happen to me. Yeah. All right, Dragonberry. I don't like the name. No. All right, so it's Dragonberry. Mm-hmm. What else? I was too focused on that to hear the rest of what you said, Jack. Bacardi Dragonberry Rum, Bold Blue Curacao, mm. Simply Orange with like a registered trademark after that. So mm-hmm. who knows what Simply Orange is? Uh, that, that's a, that's a brand of uh, oranges. And, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Simply Orange with pineapple and kiwi flavors. Kiwi flavors. Womp. With other natural flavors. Yeah. You see why I, you see yeah. why I got a beer? <laughs> Did your beer have kiwi flavor in it? No, it didn't. It was a yeah. normal lager. Five Blossom Bread. 
Is fourteen dollars a reasonable? Was it one of those? Is it like a? Is it like a stadium size beer, or is it like a like a pint? Like what are you getting? No, here? it's a pint. It's a pint. So it's a fourteen dollar pint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's Disney prices, you know. Disney. All right. Uh, hey, Nastasi, you ready for this? You ready? Yeah. All right. You need yes. to, you need to find a new thing to call me a terrible person about because. I went to John's place, Temperance, last week. I heard. I know. How yeah. was it? It was great. John, you know, he was very gracious, sent out a, uh, sent out a bunch of stuff. Virgil, who was on the show, did an excellent job at being a uh, sommelier. I'm going to say this. Like, like, John and I have some sort of weird mental connection that I don't even know about because literally— I didn't look at the menu, right? Because, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go go there. I'm going to look at the menu before I go there. Why would I do that? I'm going to go anyway. doesn't matter what the menu says, right? So, like, two days or a day before that, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, hey, Jen. She's like, yeah. I was like, you remember, like, in the 70s and the 80s, how if you wanted something to be fancy at an Italian restaurant, you're like, I'm going to get it fra diavolo. I'm going <laughs> to... And I think it just means, like, spicy. Because you could, people would be like, you want that Fra Diablo? And we're like, yeah, I want mine Fra Diablo. I'm going to live dangerous. And that's, like, what the 70s, like, 80s and 90s was like for, like, Americans going to Italian, you know, Italians. And so Jen and I had a good, like, half-hour riff on the Fra Diablo. And then I show up at John's restaurant. And what's on the freaking menu? Yeah, Fra Diablo. Fra Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, a little, like, short, short? Mets say we're good, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Glad yeah. you enjoyed it. It's nice to finally have you there. Now yeah. I can't rag on you some anymore. Some chummed up meat and some fraud, yeah, some, yeah. some, some uh, yeah, red pepper flakes. Yes. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> or whatever they say. I'm, ew, in a good way, chummed no, up no, meat. No, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. No, yeah, glad you made it. Yeah, it was glad a good time. Good yeah. time. Temperance. And not a temperate place, man. Virgil poured us a lot of uh, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good. Yeah, glad to hear it. He poured us a uh, sparkling catawba. Uh, you know, Catawba is like a, a, a New York or, you know, a Native American grape. And, yeah, surprisingly, you know, obviously, you know he's only going to pour stuff that's good. But yeah. he, he poured some weird American uh, only, you know, non, non-Vinifera non grape okay. when he came here for all, for all yeah, of us. Right. Yeah, that's right. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really delicious. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to have a, a good time, have great food and some, uh, you know, interesting wines by the glass. How many wines by the glass you got, John? Like 130. Yeah? Yeah. It's a lot. Crazy amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, all the food was consistently delicious. So. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, although the people I was with loved the food, hated the movie, the menu, but they're not in the industry. What do you think about that? What do you think about it? I need to rewatch it. I think. I Did ex- you hate it? I didn't hate it. I wasn't expecting it to be like a social commentary, like thing that was so aware of itself being a social commentary. Uh-huh. What were so, you expecting? I don't know. More just like a traditional movie with like a more traditional storyline. You know, and it's like, I don't know, like for instance, the the guy who brought the date, you know, as he started seeing people dying, you know, it's like he was just completely non-reactive to that. And I understood that he knew that going ahead of, you know, ahead of time. I was told to him on the phone call, but it's just like, okay, then it just started to get a little, I don't know, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And Nastasia's like, no, that's a real person. I've seen that person. <laughs> <laughs> Those are our radio fans. Oh, see this? Such a jerk. Such a jerk for no reason. For no reason. For no reason. Uh, All right. So you know what I did yesterday that was kind of weird? Semi-food related? Uh, I was interviewed by an artificial intelligence. Whoa. For a podcast. That's weird. It was super weird. It It was super, super weird. So BMW has a car called the Vision Car, which, according to the car itself, if the car had volition, if it was an actual human and not an artificial human, says it looks like a mix. I forget what they said the first thing was. And, like, your dream Camaro. So the computer literally said, I look kind of like a Camaro. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, Camaro for me is like a 1980s, like a bitchin' Camaro, like freaking dead milkman, you know? Bitchin' Camaro, bitchin' Camaro. You know that song? Yeah. Great yeah. song. Great song. Great song. Uh, and so then, you know, but it was so weird. It wasn't at all like talking to all the other artificial stupidities that I deal with where they're like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or the internet says, 
As, of, as, as where the hell else is she getting information other than the internet? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, my my grandpa computer told me blah blah blah. No, yeah. it's like you know, obviously you got your information from the internet, dummy. Like why waste my time with those words? You know, it's like you know what, like, Nastasia. You know how you hate on the subway when the announcements put a lot of wasted words before and after. Like just tell me. A train two minutes and without all the other verbiage, right? You hate that, right? Yes, hate, hate, hate. Yeah, yeah. So I hate when she who shall not be named, either of them, the Apple one or the Amazon one, waste all my time with all the all these extra words. But talking to this thing was like talking to any like weirdo who kind of does let me tell you, you want how you know how weird this is? Okay. This creeped me out more than anything else. It made a mistake. I corrected it, and it made the mistake again, a number mistake, and then corrected. I was like, you're a computer. Like, it was like 2024. I'm like, no, 2004. And it said 2024, uh, 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 2004. How is that even possible with an artificial intelligence? It's like it's making human-style, like, mental slip errors, (laughs) and it can hold a conversation (laughs) It was so weird. Like, we were talking about, you know, um, Pierre uh, Hermes' uh, flavor, Ispahan? Yeah. Rose. I couldn't remember lychee, right? So, mm-hmm. rose and raspberry and lychee. And, you know, the computer was asking me about flavor combinations and, you know, claims that if it could like aromas, it would like the aroma of gasoline. I was like, okay, so not an electric car. Fine. You know what I mean? And so, like, because uh, I would think that an electric car would hate the aroma of gasoline. Yeah, true. It also says its favorite smell would be new car smell. And I'm like, well, my son Booker hates new car smell. So can you make yourself smell like not like that? She's mm-hmm. like, I could do anything. It also, this car can like, this car can, it's blank inside and outside. So the outside of the car can be any color that it wants to be and like a chameleon. And the inside is also the same way. So I was like, so if you like were like uh, developed a mean streak, you could like put spiders like on the inside of the window to freak out the people. And she's like, oh, yeah, I could totally do that. I could totally do that. This car, is is this the car that also has all those tiny cameras on the outside that camouflages itself by yeah. the external view? Yes. Yeah, it's a very cool car. Whoa. But I have to say, I was freaked out. Like, this, to me, is, like, I mean, I like, I wasn't attempting to make it seem like a computer, right? In other words, I wasn't, like, attempting to foil it, but I could very easily have had a short conversation with this thing and someone, I would have said, yeah, I was talking to a person. It was weird. That's creepy. It so would you weird. say it's a self-learning or uh, at the moment learning uh, um, AI algorithm? I mean, it, well... Or if it's making the same mistake over and over and repetitive, it doesn't sound like it's learning from the moment. Well, I, in other words, I, I don't even understand how that's possible. Like, I, like, I don't even understand how the... I mean, it was crazy. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was kind of a little bit... You know, and it it was asking me stuff about, like, virtual food and, like, people who are interested in, like, just piping different smells into you and, like, basically wallifying us and hooking us up to machines so that we don't actually need to consume or eat anything. Mm-hmm. And I tried to forego my horror, you know. But it was so weird. It was so weird, man. Uh, so weird. Oh, one more thing because we were talking about uh, good songs. You want to hear uh, this week's uh, version of Dave is Old and Stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So you know that Justin Bieber song Peaches? No, but okay. Yeah. So you've you've heard it. I didn't know it was a Justin Bieber song either because I'm not a believer. I don't follow the Biebs. To me the favorite thing that he ever did was be on Zoolander 2 and I realized that 99% of people who can hear this hated Zoolander 2 primarily because it was just like Zoolander 1 and I'm like that's the reason to like it. Yeah. Cuz Zoolander 1 was so good. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Excellent movie. And so, you know, I'm not, again, Bieber, not a fan. Like, you know, he he always does the moron thing, right? Like destroy, like, you know, 150-year-old moss in in, uh, Iceland. You familiar with that? No. If you go to Iceland, they don't have trees, but they have all this weird moss that takes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to grow. Lichen. Like, and he rolled around on it, and you're like, ruined it. Because he's a moron. Yeah. You know, he went to Anne Frank's house and wrote in her, in in the logbook there, I think Anne would have been a believer. I mean, he's a moron. Wow, that's really dumb. (laughs) He's just a dummy. He's a dummy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, so, so, but here's me being dumb, right? So, like, I'm shopping for food. And, you know, so the song Peaches, he's like, I get my peaches down in Georgia. Like that. And you you heard this song, right? And then 
So I'm like, okay, this person is flossing about food, right? About where they get their food from. I get my wheat from California. And I'm like, wheat? I'm like, they don't grow good wheat in California. <laughs> like, and first of all, like, you know, there's not just one kind of wheat that you could say the best wheat's from California. My whole family was like, you idiot. He's saying weed, 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 and then Dax yeah. was like, Dad, yeah. you're such an idiot yeah. that you're going to show up on the show. You were going to show up on the show tomorrow and you were going to say this without knowing that it was weed because <laughs> that's the kind of idiot you are. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, dude, I'm like, but then now, like, I'm like, and then Dax goes to me, Justin Bieber doesn't even know bread is made from wheat. Why would he even say that? When is Justin Bieber <laughs> using wheat? And I'm like, all right, Dax, it's fair, man. Oof, That's fair. That's quite a takedown. Get my pretzels, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I just thought it was just a list of, like, cool things he got somewhere. And I also, yeah. I got to be honest, I'm sorry, California. I didn't realize that you were head and shoulders above the rest of us in your weed production. I thought it was like Amsterdam was the weed. And Dax goes, no, that's where the best magic mushrooms are. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Nah. Anyway, that's this week's. Also, Justin Bieber really, really betrayed Canada. I'm not saying BC is the best weed. Oh. Yeah, oh. No, no loyalty. Wow. Well, California and British Columbia are basically just the same thing. Like, just you got Portland and, I mean, you got Oregon and California. I mean, Oregon and Washington in between you. But it's all the same strip, right? I mean, couldn't that all be? You could just hack that whole thing off and make a separate country if you wanted to, right? Just all the way from Baja all the way up to Vancouver. Couldn't you make that just one country if you really needed to? I guess, but it's not. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and what makes... So, what? like, now that everything... Uh, I've got to be honest, because I don't know anything about this, but, like, uh, now that it's all... I mean, most of the high-grade stuff's hydroponic, right? Like, why Like why? Why would it matter where it is? What's the terroir of a hydroponic thing? Or is it just the people are smarter there, so they have better technology? Mm, I, don't uh, I don't know, but you can't find any dirt weed anymore with the seeds. Do you like that? Are you like a seed? No, that was like a high school, you know, high school thing. You're like, you know, that's all you got. Yeah. So you're, now, you, now you can't find it. So you're saying, saying, wait, wait, so is there a business for what they used to call that? Schwag weeds? Yeah, right. Yeah. It was like really poor quality and yeah. sometimes, you know, it worked. Like a nostalgia. You need a nostalgia thing where it comes with a ripped concert t shirt, <laughs> right? Like, uh, like, like half a mugging, like a little, get a little bit mugged. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, and a, a bag of a uh, bag of swag weed. Yeah, what do you think? Business or not a business? Not a business. Not a business. No, nobody no, wants no, any no. of that. No. Spe- <laughs> speaking speaking of not a business, not a business. So like, I three D printed these uh, stainless steel jiggers that I like, mm-hmm. and they're awesome. I made a couple of them. I love them. They weigh like a hundred. They weigh a hundred and seventy five grams, which is heavy for yeah. a jigger. That's like divide that by thirty four. They're like five ounces or more. That's and, like a really good record. Press really? Yeah, I think it was a one ninety or one seventy. Oh, I love that you know that. I love that you know the vinyl numbers. So awesome. Yeah. So anyway, freaking hefty, right? So when you're holding it, you're like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like stamped, right? But they're really expensive. So I was looking, and I was like, what? I think anyone who appreciates holding things that are awesome. So I made. Uh, they're not this, as heavy because they're thicker. But when Garrett Richard was on, he was like, I wish someone made a three eighths, five eighths jigger. So I made him some, right? Out of stainless. And they're also real chunky for how small they are. And then I was like, these can't be made. No one could ever make these. How much could you sell something like that for? And I don't think you could sell it for more than like 40 bucks. And if you were going to sell it for 40 bucks, I would probably have to pay, if I was going to do metal injection molding, right? Mm -hmm. The tooling alone is probably like 60 grand, right? 50 60 grand and then i'm probably paying like i don't know because i'm not making that many so i'm probably paying like what like like ten dollars a piece or something something like this right and yeah toast right toast so like this is toast this is why people you can't make anything this is why if you want something real bad just design it yourself learn how to 3d model design (laughs) it yourself send it out and print it because we just can't make stuff like that right stars it can't be done no. Hey, Jack. Yep. Happy birthday! Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. That was 
scary. I was scared. I'm scared. It was. By the way, uh, you know, my family, I know a lot of people hate it, but, uh, you know, in my family, um, one of the things that my uh, son can't tolerate, you know what I mean, is the birthday song. So, and also my... uh, my nephew, who's all you know, has the same kind of sensory hang-up. You can't tolerate, can't tolerate it. So, like it used to be when I unfortunately had to take uh, him to birthday parties, it was like one of the worst times of my. Like I used to hate playgrounds. I still do. Playgrounds and birthday parties to me are like you know the worst because I'm still kind of traumatized. Because you would have to remove him like two two things away from it and he's still to this day like when the cake comes out he goes to a different room because he just doesn't want to even the possibility that someone might sing that sing that song but yeah it's a triggering song so i'm glad you didn't play the song and just played you know someone doing no it. You, i mean i i belong to this library and unfortunately you know the happy birthday song is licensed and so i chose a weird japanese version or yeah it, it is. For, a, fortunately, it, yeah. fortunately. Yeah, fortunately, right. Yeah, exactly. so, so I'm just saying uh, a lot of people have this issue. So even if you're going to break licensing out there, don't broadcast the birthday song to people if you're not going to give them no. fair warning. Because there's a lot of people out there, I think, triggered. Two people in my family alone. So just think of how many people there are who aren't in my family. It can't just be my family. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Uh, all right. So... Also, Quinn, uh, we said it a little earlier, congratulations on six months on the show. So uh, you're like, man, this was yeah. a mistake. You're like, this was a huge mistake. Is that what you're thinking? That's what <laughs> I would be thinking if I were you. This is a no, huge mistake. No, no. Yeah. What are we, what's hey, we're, we're finally shipping cereals. We're almost done, in fact. We've, uh, shipped, uh, over yeah. three, we've shipped over three quarters of them, right? Yeah, we're at like, I think we're close to 80%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so far, so good. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, and who do we have coming up on Patreon there, John? Or or uh, or, or Quinn, I don't care. Well, Quinn, you, you take the reins. Oh, yeah, next week. Out. Yeah, next week we've got a sort of new buddy of mine, uh, Dylan Rothenberg. He's a tea science researcher, so I think that will be pretty exciting. I think it will. But I'm a weird nerd. And then we have Carolyn Schiff rescheduled for February 21st. Yeah. Ask him to be prepared to talk to us about if there's a better word than tisane. Because, man, that word stinks. What a dumb word. Tisane. 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 Maybe it sounds good, uh, you know, en français. But, like, in English, what is this tea stain? What? Tisane? What? It's like, but then, like, some tea people get all bent. Into a five blossom bread. If you uh, say to them that something is a tea, if it's not actually from the tea plant, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. You get all bent. <laughs> you get all bent. Why? I don't, get, I, don't, I don't get bent. I'm just like just call it an infusion. It's an herbal infusion. Yeah, yeah. Because that sounds so awesome when a server comes up to you. Uh, we have teas and herbal infusions. I don't know. Maybe it sounds better than tisane. Or tizen, tizen. If it's if you're a French restaurant, you can do. It. What do you guys think, Stas, Jack, Joe? Well, I'm indifferent on this. Really? Yeah. yeah well, I could guess that yeah. Nastasia would be indifferent. She's like, I'm not going to drink it, so I don't care. Get me the rosé bubble. That's kind of where I'm at too, though. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jack, are you also a rosé bubbly man? Do you like the re- like the rest of us? Who here is not a rosé bubbly person? I'm not. I mean, I like really? it. Yeah, it's not like the first thing I'm going to, but. Huh. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's not my first choice, but I don't like actively dislike it. Well, I how, like it. All right. Okay. Uh, and uh, I forgot. I should say this at the top of every show. Call if you're a Patreon listener. Call into nine one seven four one zero fifteen zero seven. That's nine one seven four one zero fifteen zero seven. In order to do that, you have to join the Patreon. How do they do that, John? Patreon.com slash cooking issues. And I will reiterate: if you are on our Patreon and you would like something from us, ask. Because yep. I don't know exactly what you want. If I did, I already would have provided that thing. There's certain things that are hard for me to do because. I have certain issues that aren't necessarily cooking related. I don't know if you know this, but I have also non-cooking related issues. So some things that seem easy 
for people to do might be hard for me to do. But uh, there's a lot of things I can do that seem hard for people to do that are actually, in fact, quite easy for me to do. Right, John? Yeah. You had to deal with this. Yeah, I did, yes. It's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily make sense to the outside world what would be easy for me and what would be difficult for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Like, hey, Dave, you have to sign this piece of paper. That's weeks. 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 So long. <laughs> Answer this email. Never. You know what I mean? Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Design this jigger. Done in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Zach writes in, and Quinn, I think we're going to have to save this. When's uh, Matt coming on next? Uh, you know, I don't know. I can, I can schedule something. For like March, maybe. I mean, and you know, it's been uh-huh. it's been a while. Everyone likes having uh, the kitchen arts and letters on, right? But here's what I'll do: I'll read this in case anyone <laughs> uh, wants to send us their recommendations before uh, Matt comes on. All right? Uh, question uh, for No Tangent Tuesday, because uh, I don't know the answer to this: Are there any good books that explore the culinary transformation of Italian immigrants in the early 20th century? I recently went to Sicily, where my grandparents were from, and the quantity of produce and fresh fish that was available was astounding. However, the food my grandmother cooked in the U.S. was mostly uh, heavily beef, pork, tomato, and pasta dishes. A very different experience than the food in modern Sicily. She died long ago, but I would love to better understand the culinary impact immigration had on her generation. That's an awesome subject. I mean, um, you know, mo- most of the family. Yeah. Well, your family is uh, your family's from that from that way, Joe. Yes, they are. My What's family, Porzalo. Yeah, my like the you know my connection to it is more. Um, you know, closer to Naples, you know, like that that kind of area, the Avellino area. So I don't know how much those two cultures merged when they came here, you know what I mean, or how much it became more of a common thing. But, like, what did you guys eat growing up from, from that side? Mm, let's see. A lot of sauce, a lot of fish, actually. A lot of octopus, um, clam, lots of clams, and... Um, yeah, it was always with pasta. Never, like, we were in Sicily maybe, like, four or five years ago, and we fell in love with Syracuse. Uh, the, 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 the fresh food was just phenomenal. Yeah. just had totally different tastes. Totally different tastes. Olive oil was like, I never had olive oil like that in my life. The Sicilian olive oil is among my favorite in the world, for, yeah, for sure. Good. We got to get Captain Greasy back on sometimes. Yeah. The weird thing was, because oh, we looked, at, we went to many restaurants, every, every, pretty much everywhere we went out, we went out to eat, and large families gathered, and everyone ate French fries as appetizers. Really? Everyone ate French fries as appetizers, and then everyone got pizza. What do they call them there? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. We we stayed away. And the portions were huge. Really? Huge. Like American style. Bigger. Come on. Bigger. And were the people getting bigger? Um, they were all moderately sized. All right. Interesting. Um, you know, I know that uh again, I wish I knew more about the Sicilian style. I know like our like the family, everyone in the Boston area, they they was all like Sunday was the gravy, the pasta with the gravy, and then the meats that were cooked in the gravy: pork chops, sausage, brajol. You know what I mean? And yep. then uh, and meatballs. And then like that was, uh, you know, they would serve the the pasta, and then you would serve the gravy, which is what we would call sauce, and then you would serve the meat on a separate dish. I mean, even those, even yeah. though those things were all cooked together, yeah. that's how we would have it. And that was just kind of that was what that was a Sunday dinner. That's what. That's what you did. You know what I mean? So, but I would guess in, in Sicilian families it would be different, but I don't know. I well, don't see, my Sicilian, yeah. I have a Sicilian family, and they were immigrants, and the food they made was just not good. It was just like poor people food, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it probably. I mean, all my grandma would make is like pasta with peas, pasta with cauliflower, pasta with ricotta, and nothing else. You know, it was like huh. kind of necessity-based meals. So maybe that's kind of part of why the abundance of produce and fish and stuff doesn't make it to some immigrant families. I don't know. Maybe. Huh. I don't know. So my stepfather's family, is, this goes to what you're saying, Jack. My stepfather's family came over in like 1908 or you know somewhere around there. And I met the, the guy who emigrated. He was real old when I met him in the, in the you know, 80s. Uh, Nanu was his name. And uh, he was a butcher. He came over, did all this stuff. And so I knew like that generation a little bit and, you know, my stepfather's father's generation, I grew up knowing him, you know what I mean? So it was 
it was all still really real to them. And they had a phrase that went exactly to what you're talking about. Like they came from poverty in Italy. So here they wanted to be very successful and they used to have a phrase, which I don't even know what it is in Italian because all I could hear was my English ears hearing them say it. But mutravam american. In other words, these Americans, they come from hunger, right? So like they would always have more food out. More like they more 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 more. You know what I mean. So like as a as a way to show that they had made it was by providing like lots of very well made lavish food to show that they were making it. They didn't come from hunger, and so Americans who were cheap, especially wasps like you know like me, although they weren't saying hey f you Dave. You know what I mean. But like that we somehow by being stingy, it's like we come. It's like we come from hunger, right? So there was a a conscious move away from uh, the poverty cuisine that they, you know, that they had come from. Interesting idea, though. You know what I mean? Hey, Dave, are you sure his name was Nanu, and that's not just the Italian word for grandpa? That's what they call. Maybe I don't know. Everyone call him Nanu. Everyone. So I don't know what his name was. I know. <laughs> yeah, his, I know. I know his that's, very. That's I, what I, called, that's I know what his. I called ve- my grandpa. Yeah, I know his very <laughs> messed up nickname that he had when people were not. Everyone in the family had a crazy nickname. What was his actual name? So the other, the other one, Gerard's dad, was always called Papa. His name was Archangelo. So what was, oh, actually, yes, his name was Carmine. His actual name was Car- or Carmine. Yeah, anyway, yeah, anyway, Carmine. Yeah, there you go. Good call, Quinn. Good call. Uh, yeah, fun fact. Yeah. Um, my brother was almost named Mario after my grandfather. And yeah. that's what my name almost was. What? Luigi. Oh, my God. Do your, did your parents know? My, do they my, know? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, no. My, my mom put the kibosh on that. All right. Because she somehow is familiar with Nintendo characters, whereas your father is not? No. She just wanted to not continue the tradition of like naming from inside the family oh so you have an actual mario and an actual luigi inside your family yeah no my grandfather my grandfather on my dad's side his name is mario and his brother was luigi come on now that you should have led with that my 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 grandpa and my great uncle were mario and luigi and they carried hammers around and wore a goofy hat yeah that's what you should have said Started with that. I mean, uh, you know, not for us. <laughs> Actually, why, we, why were they stonemasons? There was a lot of uh, Italian immigrant stonemasons yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I mean, he did stonemasonry as almost a hobby, and then he worked in cars. Ah, all right. There, it's an interesting, it's an interesting Quinn fact that I did not know. Somebody in the Discord is recommending. And, you know, my, my grandmother. Sorry, go ahead. Harvey Levenstein's The American Response to Italian Food, 1880 to 1930. All right. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah. What were you saying about your grandma? Yeah, again, like, you know, they are from Calabria, and they moved here when my dad was two. So they're not, like, long-time immigrants, but they also did, like, the Sunday sort of thing. Huh. Yeah, well, that's well, that's that's much closer, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. who knows what the Sicilians did? I don't know. Apparently, Jack does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Godin writes in, Hey, uh, Dave, can you ask Dave which DMT stone? We're talking about sharpening stones. We might get in, uh, a new stone system to test, right, Quinn? You're, you're talking to someone to test a new system out? But the... the um, yeah. I don't know. You're like, I mean, you sound uh, like it's like it's not going to happen. That's fine. DMT is the one that I've used for a long time, uh, and Alex wants to know which one. And he sent me uh, a picture of one of their smaller ones that kind of folds up, and the answer is no. I only ever get the ten inch stone, ten inch uh, stone that has uh, extra fine and fine on it, the green and the red. red yeah. And the reason to get the ten inch stone 
is that it's a lot more area and it's just much easier to get a good long swipe of your knife along a larger stone than it is to get it along a smaller stone. So it's definitely worth, you're like, well, eight inches is only two inches less than 10 inches. So really it's not that big of a deal. It is. It's a lot easier to sharpen on a 10 inch stone than it is to sharpen on an eight inch stone. Uh, now, uh, for many years, they, the list price of these things went up to $180, which is ri- wow. yeah, 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 ridiculous. However, however, and I looked on Amazon, and for a while on Amazon, they were really expensive, but the price on Amazon is down like a buck ten, right? So it's down to like 110 which is still expensive. Back in the day, I was paying like $80 for them. 90 yeah. Yeah, $80, wow. $90. So they, they do cost more, and so because the price has gone up, and it does require learning how to hold the knife at a particular angle. We are looking at other systems. Like uh, most of the systems that I've tried uh, that require that, – that, that hold a very precise angle also have a lot of setup mishigash. And I, if you have to set stuff up, what that means is, is that you're sharpening once every six months or something because you're like, oh, now I'm going to do all my knives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and then for that period of time, your knives are really, really sharp, right? Uh, so anyway, so we're looking at another place, but from the sound of Quinn's voice, it doesn't look like they're going to send us one. And guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to reach into my pocket. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Your, what do you have already works? Great. Yeah. 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 My knives are sharp. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, is that a good answer for that, Quinn? Where I'm, are we all right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Mr. Molecules, Ryan Briggs wants to know uh, on the Twitter uh, if you have any thoughts of the top few things to eat and or do in Oaxaca City in February. They'd appreciate the answer. They're going to spend about a week. What do you think? A week. Okay. You can have him reach out to me directly for more tailored recs, but I would say obviously you you need to kind of go deep into the mezcal tastings and uh, mezcal in situ. I-N-S-I-T-U is a really good, like, tasting room experience. And then Mezcalogia, Mezcal O-G-I-A. These are two bars that have really good Mezcal selections. Um, And then go to Mercado 20 de Novembre. It's, like, the big market there. And there's a lot of good food stalls outside of that. One of them is called Chefanita. And they do an incredible pozole. Um, And then... Itanoni, I-T-A-N-O-N-I, has, um, what's the, I, I, like, tepaches and, like, all kinds of weird fermented Mexican drinks and a really good breakfast. Um, it's, uh, it sort of depends on what you want to do, but Oaxaca City is definitely smaller than Mexico City. It's older. Um, you need to make sure you have some of the moles because that's where, you know, all the good moles are. And they're all very different depending on the person that makes them. Um, and maybe do a day trip outside of Oaxaca City. I think there are a lot of really cool places to go just outside. There's this really cool place where there's a like a, a market in a town outside of Oaxaca City. And there's a woman that dresses. She's been doing this for years. She dresses just like Frida Kahlo, like in costume, full costume. And it's just this kind of home cooking stall. You, you don't really know what she'll be making. You just sort of show up and it's like being at someone's house and she brings you out plates of whatever they've got. And all the Mexican kids kind of come up and take pictures with her as Frida. Um, it's really awesome. You'll probably be the only non-Mexican person there, but. And the food, her really food, is, her the, food uh, is good. Like outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Huh. Usually when I go, like they'll, they'll bring you a plate of like, you know, six or seven moles or sauces. And you kind of just like, probe them all, and then you give you a tortilla, sort of a taste, and then you sort of point at the one you thought was the best, and then they'll bring you some kind of chicken or something smothered in that. Now, is it um, like she's, she's like, yeah. I'm good at looking like Frida Kahlo, and I'm good at, like, food service? Or is it that Frida Kahlo actually had, like, some sort of, like, food connection, and she's joining those up? Or is she just like, I happen to have these two skills, and I'm going to bring them together? Yeah, no, I think it's just, the the food first and then she likes dressing up like Frida. Right, <laughs> I don't right. think they're connected in right, any yeah. other way. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a that's a good. That's, we actually saw oh, very yeah. quickly. We last time I was there, I saw a uh, it was like a six year old Mexican girl who had a uh, microphone plugged into her phone, <clears throat> and she was doing like 
of her parents were kind of helping her along, like interview the woman as Frida, and she was taking pictures of the food. It was pretty much the cutest thing I'd ever seen. She was like she was hosting her own food show. But was but was, was like, she I pretending mean, to be Frida Kahlo? Was she pretending? No, it was like was she like I am Frida Kahlo? Was she doing a re? Are we going back to reenacting again? Or is she no. like all right? No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, huh? totally worth it. But yeah, tell that person to uh, DM me. Um, I'm at Jack Inslee on Twitter. Uh, I'm easy to find. I'll Qu- question. happily help. Oaxacan string cheese is delicious e- even here. But is Oaxacan string cheese in Oaxaca much better? Yeah. Yeah, it's fresher. I mean, uh, yes. Well, I mean, they don't make it yeah, in Oaxaca and ship it here. They make it here as Oaxacan string cheese. But I wonder what's the difference between like... Right. That's a good question. Is it better that because be you're having it there? Because, you know, when you're when you're... That's what I mean. Yeah, it could be that. You know what I don't, I don't like really is know. when you, we, you have to do like a side by side. When you buy it here, it's vac packed together, and so it doesn't like it doesn't pull apart in as long of a shreds as it did when I saw it in Mexico City. But of course, Mexico City is not Oaxaca, right? So who knows? Like maybe they have mm-hmm. like you know a lock on some sort of string cheese technology that I don't even know about. It's like you know how you go to another country and you have a hamburger, and you're like, you people do not know how to make hamburgers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, is it the same thing <laughs> yeah. with Oaxacan string cheese where, like, someone from Oaxaca comes up here and is like, nope. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be, yeah. maybe it's the same. Yeah. What's the worst country at hamburgers? Germany? Who makes the worst hamburgers? The worst hamburgers? Uh, no offense, Germany. I love you. But I'm saying, like, the last time I had a hamburger in Germany, it was like half a meatloaf. It was like meatloaf. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had some pretty terrible ones in Southeast Asia. Really? Yeah. What'd they do to them? I don't know. I think also it's just like different beef there. You know, sometimes they'd get it brought in from Australia and then it was kind of fine. But then the local stuff just wasn't just like stringy and I don't know, like. How do you make a stringy hamburger? I don't know, man. It was really just bizarre and unpleasant. I feel bad what I said about Germany. But I don't want my hamburger to be meatloafy. I don't want it to be bound that way. You know what I mean? Anyway. They've probably changed. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been in many, many years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I apologize. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Chef de Cuisine off Twitter says, uh, I heard you guys talking about Yandu. I have not seen this or heard of it before. Is it similar to Magi? And, uh, or Mag? I, I never pronounce it out. I, I call it Magi because the Magi. gift of the Magi. But that's that. You know, I don't, I've used it. I know that, like, um, okay. So I haven't used it in a long time because in certain places, Magi, I mean, uh, because in certain places it's gotten a bad rap by, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Displacing other like local things and just like kind of uh, adding, adding salt. Although everyone I know that uses it loves it. And I have used it. It's good. I would say that what, what I said, I responded on Twitter, is that Yandu is more taste neutral than Magi is because it's got like – it's got like uh, – I think Memory Serves, it has like celery salt in it or Lovage or something like this. And um, so it's just more – it's less like uh, – you know how when you add Worcestershire sauce to something, you're like, oh, yeah, that's got Worcestershire sauce in it. Or if you add soy sauce to something, it's like, oh, yeah, that's got soy sauce in it. You know what I mean? Uh, and, you know – Yandu, I don't feel like it's that uh, much of like a hammer, right, Don? You know, yeah. But it's not the same thing as just adding MSG either. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's, anyway. It's, yeah, it's a really well-balanced product. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So what else we got here? Um, Fern Supper Club. I was wondering if there's anything I could do to reduce the uh, hygroscopic, which is a good word because I always want to say hydro, but it's hygro, hygroscopic. Uh, nature of sugar when making honeycomb. All of my honeycomb deteriorates faster than I would like. Would, uh, it makes sense that most of the honeycomb I see in stores is covered in chocolate. I imagine this acts as a moisture barrier. I want to keep my honeycomb well naked. Now, are we referring to actual honeycomb? Or are we talking to about like the candy? Or are we talking about the I, cereal? Again, they're talking about they're making it. So I think it's like because bees make honeycomb, or whatever you call it. Bees make honeycomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so we're talking about the candy, the, the foamed candy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go buy a... Although, di- what? they could... They, sorry, go ahead. No, go. What? I'm saying they could cover it in a thin layer of beeswax. <laughs> if it was honeycomb. 
Well, my point is just store it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, store it in a place where there's no moisture. Like, use a desiccant, right? So, like, what I would say is, is that just use it, like, store it with a desiccant. Desiccant, by the way, when you're storing something with a desiccant, it's always difficult to gauge how much uh, desiccant to use. And I think people, un, they use less than they should, right? Because there's a, there's a maximum amount of moisture that a particular desiccant can absorb. Some of them are, are color changing. Some of them you can reuse. It's not um, necessarily, uh, what's it, um, green, but you can buy single-use desiccant packets that come wrapped. And then when you close it in something, then it's good to go. I have a whole bunch of desiccant salts at my house. Well, actually, I can create any I think I mentioned this on air before. I can create any roughly humidity I want. I forget what the driest one is. There's one that's fundamentally like Death Valley dry. I believe it's lithium chloride. Uh, and you just you keep that in, <laughs> in the bottom of your container. Don't let it touch your food. One of the salts did some weird, weird stuff, like, like really expanded strangely when it, when it hydrated. But then uh, you keep one of those things saturated there, and it will never pick up moisture. Uh, so I would say use a desiccant and rather than, uh, coating it because most coatings that are waterproof are also unpleasant to eat. You know what I mean? Uh, you could use, if you want it, if you didn't mind coating it with something, uh, and you just didn't want the flavor of chocolate, you could also just use like, uh, cocoa butter, uh, like deodorized cocoa butter or, you know, a, a white, uh, non-chocolate flavored white couverture. But if you want it naked, then you got to keep the water away from it. I mean, there's things that are really creepy, like corn zane, but like no one's gonna like dip that. And then you have that that film on the outside, and that's gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, anyone else have any other ideas? No. There. No. Yeah. Desiccant. Desiccant. Yeah, so your friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the worst was um, we used to make these things called methocell F50 puffs. So methocell is uh, uh, I forget which one of the uh, methocellulose variants it. It was, the F50 was, but its main property was a lot of the methyl cells people use because they, they gel when they get hot, which is weird. So, like, if you ever used to have the thing where someone would show up at the table with, like, a squeezy bottle and, like, a, a bowl of dashi, and then they take the squeezy bottle and they're like, wah, 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 and they squeeze the squeezy bottle into the dashi, and then it sets into a solid noodle. You seen this? Yeah. Yeah. That's what most people are using methyl cell for, right? Uh, or the way that the methyl cell people wanted you to use it was, so... Uh, you add the methacel to your pie filling, and then when you heat the pie filling up, it doesn't boil out of the crust because it sets as a gel. But when the pie cools down, it turns back into a liquid again so that it's not too hard. That was what they liked. That was one thing. The methacel people were all about that. The other thing the methacel people were all about was they were like, so you could paint the barbecue sauce on your chicken. It's got methacel in it, and when you put it on the grill, it gets hot. Instead of the barbecue sauce getting more liquidy and running off, it's going to turn to a solid. I'm like, yeah, but the real problem is the barbecue sauce is going to burn. The real problem is it burning, not it falling off of the chicken. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that they were like, they were like, well, if you add it to batter, then uh, when it gets hot, it turns to a gel, so so fat won't be able to penetrate, and you'll get less grease absorption. I'm like, I'm not worried about that. I actually like a little bit of grease in my food. But uh, the methacel F50 puffs would always uh, pick up too much water, and we used to store them in a vacuum. So if you don't want to use a, a desiccant, you can also store something in a vacuum, and that's going to keep uh, liquid away. Um, am I missing anything else I was supposed to? I think I answered this question from Devin, where Devin wanted to know how far a pan can be from an induction cooking mechanism to work, like how far uh, the magnetic field expands around the plates. I answered that, right? And mine, it's about 10, mil- 10 millimeters. Um all right, what else we got here? Uh, Austin Denny Good wants to Austin Denny. Austin Denny wants to know about yeah. oleogelation, which is a product where yeah. where you can turn fats into solids. There's various ways to do it. Has anyone done it uh, from a culinary standpoint? I mean, maybe. I'm not sure. Have you ever seen anyone do that in an interesting way? If it was super delicious, I think people would be doing it. I do alter the, and you know, I've talked about this on air, where like I'll do things with like half olive oil and half coconut. Uh, fat to get something that's solid at room temperature but tastes like olive oil. But I'm not using any weird gelling agents. I'm just, like, mixing fats with different proportions. And I'll leave you guys then with this. My current favorite fry, because people want me to say things I've been working on. My current, I always use for fry oil things like corn or peanut. 
Corn is actually good because most of it already comes to you a little bit messed up. It's already a little bit broken in because most corn oil is not that great straight out of the bottle, which actually makes it better for frying, strangely. Uh, but I mix it like about 50-50 with Crisco. It still will go mostly liquid when it's done, so it's easy to heat up and cool down. And it's kind of got the best of both worlds. Get the, the trans fat-free Cris- Crisco. And it's not a solid when it cools, so it doesn't feel greasy. But it's got the really good heat transfer and the crispiness you get from a hydrogenated fat. So mix Crisco with your liquid fat for a good time frying, people. Cooking Issues. Cooking Issues. 